This episode is brought to you by Portland Distro. If you like underground music, movies, and more, go to portlanddistro.com for licensed merch, vinyl, CDs, and more. Plug in the discount code 10OFF, T-E-N-O-F-F, for a 10% discount at portlanddistro.com. Welcome to this week's episode of Everything Went Black. I'd like to welcome back my good friend Champ Morgan to the show. He's been on several times before, and it's always great catching up with Morgan. We've known each other for a really long time, and um, I value him as a friend. And uh, since the day we met, we have both undergone some incredible changes as people, as men, and as friends. And... Um, yeah, this episode is just about friendship and just catching up. He was a front man for Kill the Client, incredible grind band, but he's been doing a lot of stuff lately, not the least of which is the Mighty Black Ops, which is such a hard-to-describe band, and that's why I like them so much. They combine so many different elements. Morgan has expanded into doing noise and electronics as well as his harsh vocals, and He's actually sent me some new material with different styles singing, man, and I'm really excited about that. But we talk about a bunch of stuff. Before we get going, I want to shout out the rest of the Horsemen, the podcasting Illuminati. Of course, I'm referring to the Horsemen of the Podcasting Apocalypse. Kicking the week off, we have Brandon Legion's Horror Wolf 666. Next up, Into the Necrosphere, brought to you weekly by Jackie Smith. Of course, midweek, everything went black happens, which is what you're listening to now. I return the following day. I'm on every episode, man. Can't get enough of it. Necromaniacs, co-hosted with Jeff Kashid and Mike Scandato. Rounding the week out, we have Spitball Media with Mike's brother, John Draper. The weekends, take a break. At least take one day off, get some sun, enjoy the weather. But Sunday, Carl Hikara comes back with Soul Knox. And Carl and I have been in the middle of doing this collaboration called Darkness Weaves, where we explore the work of Carl Edward Wagner. I do an episode on Everything Went Black. He does an episode on Soul Knox. And we just wrapped up our exploration of Wagner's In a Lonely Place. Next up is the work of Kane, some of his uh, most compelling dark fantasy. Our newest horseman, Iblis Manifestations, brought to you by Cheyenne of the Mighty Trivax. If you want to support the show, please do so on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. You can get access to bonus material. For $5 a month, you get early access to the shows that show up on the regular stream. And for $25 a month, you can become a sponsor. Be sure to follow us on social media. Instagram, Facebook, 
Threads, X, all that stuff. You never really see me on any of those things except for Instagram. So uh, that's the most, I, I don't, I only have time for one social media outlet, man. And it's right now it's Instagram and, and even there you won't really see me that much. But uh, definitely uh, that's where you find out news about the show and about everything that's going on. So let's kick it off. I just hate the whole culture of like weightlifting. To be honest, like I, I hate like meatheads and fucking. Oh, dude, meat. Like the two things that make. Cause I, you know, I live in a small town now, so all we really have here is like Planet Fitness. Yeah. So it's like a couple of fucking handful of big sweaty jock dudes that walk around with their shoulders all pinned back and their chest all puffed out, and then like like a bunch of fucking broccoli headed fucking teenage kids <laughs> that just like waste so much time on their phones and hanging out. It's like, this is a fucking gym. If you want to fucking hang out and play grab ass and play on your phone, get the fuck out of the gym, get away. Yeah. No, totally. Gr- grown ups have shit to do, you know? Yeah. The, uh, and- I, I hate the whole fucking vibe. Like, um, there's a gym when, I, but right before the pandemic, when I was still living in Brooklyn, I I was training at this gym called uh, King's Thai Boxing in Manhattan, which I think shut down over the pandemic. And they had a great setup. It was like the first. It was in in the city. Ground floor was all the mats, and there was a ring, and you know the the bags and all that stuff. And then downstairs, they had a weight a weight room. And it was oh, like nice. the greatest thing, and it lasted for about a month, and then the pandemic happened. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, and then that was right around the time I moved out to New Jersey, and um, and then there was nowhere to train, you know, for for a for a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, when I when I first moved here, like the first gym, like real gym that I trained at, was it was a CTC Central Training Center, and uh, it was a Pat Militich school. Right on. So it, you know, so like the whole. There didn't have two floors. It was just like a giant, like, like airplane hangar type of building, you know? That's killer. And the whole front was a ring, mats, all the bags, you know, all that stuff. And then the back, I don't know, 65% of it was all, like, fucking free weights and weight machines, you know? So you could go in there and, like, just hammer it out. And then go roll or, you know, do tie boxing or do MMA. But that's the best thing in the world, though, is when it's the guys that you train with that are there lifting weights. It's not just some chucklehead. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, everybody there is there for the same fucking reason. You know, it's not some fucking shit ass in there, like, making you fucking crazy. Yeah. But, you know, uh, yeah. gallon of water, like all those muscle heads, like, <laughs> carrying around like a fucking gallon. Like, get the fuck out. Get out of here. Yeah, I know, man. It's, it's really funny. There's a gym, like, right down the street from here. But, I mean, I tr- the gym I train at, it's, like, like maybe 15 miles away from here. And um, it could take me, depending, between 20 minutes to 45 minutes to get there. But that that's, like, my guys. You know what I mean? That's, like, where I go. Yeah. There is a really nice gym in Jersey City. They have its it, – I looked at it online because it's, like, walking distance from here. And it's, like – they got um jujitsu. Um, one floor is all mats for for uh, you know rolling. Second floor is uh, Muay Thai, 
And I, I'm sure they do MMA because every now, if you're going to have both of those things under one roof, there's going to be like an MMA team too. And then there's a yeah. huge like weight room in the basement. And uh, I haven't gone there yet. I might, I might try to like get some kind of like, uh, you know how you can get like a reduced membership if you only go like two days a week someplace, you know what I mean? Yeah. I might try to do some kind of mat fee just to check it out. Um, Cause there are just, there's some days I can't make it out to, uh, to spite a Muay Thai. Cause then that's, but that's where I do most of my like, you know, training and stuff. And you've been with that guy for a while, right? Yeah. I had him on the podcast, man. He's awesome. Oh, I, I listen. You Good. know, I listen to it. Come on now. I, you know, not, I, I don't presume anything. <laughs> man. I don't, I don't, I don't miss an episode. Of, oh, well, the, I, I don't miss an episode, but I will, if it's, if it's too much black, if it's like a black metal thing, I, I'm like, no, there's I don't nothing. Even, I barely talk <laughs> about music on this show anymore, man. It's like, we just talk about like whatever these days. <laughs> Dude, I love that. And also the ones that you guys do about, um, like the horror books and stuff. I like yeah. all, I love, I like all that shit too. Well, there's going to be more of that, honestly. Um, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I, the music stuff, my buddy, uh, Jackie, he, he got, he has that covered in spades, man. That dude's got a you know, way more prolific, uh, interview thing going on. And, and I, I just like to get together with a couple of people and talk, you know what I mean? And it could be about yeah. music or, you know, fiction or whatever you know like i had um some of my favorite discussions are with the adams family the filmmakers and uh just interesting people man you know yeah and then occasionally I have episodes about nothing you know all the episodes of nothing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah spider's spider was like the guy that um like kind of a lifesaver man during the uh the pandemic it was um just desolation man like i i plan to move out here to new jersey and um without obviously in you know uh, thinking that there was gonna be a global pandemic <laughs> so that place well, was open you know and and he was referred to me by a good friend and and then i i've been with him since he's you know for years at this point yeah, I mean, during the pandemic, we were just, I was just training dudes in my garage. You know, there was like just four or five of us that, you know, I was basically keeping myself in shape by training other guys that were beginners, you right. know. And, uh, well, I had one, my one friend, Mike, he was, me and, me and that dude have been training together for like fucking 10 or 12 years. But, had a couple of beginner guys and then my my friend JT who's an, a very old very dear friend of mine and uh he um needed to lose he's a he's a big dude and right. he needed to lose a bunch of weight to get bariatric surgery. Oh, okay. So so within a 3 month 3 months or 3 or 4 month period he lost over 100 pounds dude. training in my garage. Wow. And then got the surgery and then kept training with me for a while but you know, it's Texas, so, you know, the economy crashed and he lost his job. So he hasn't, he hasn't been training with me, but he just got a new job. And, you know, I moved out to Bastrop too. I'm like 45 minutes away from Austin. So it's, you know, became kind of a pain, but, yeah. you know, during that whole time, you know, we would, we would meet up on Saturdays and we would train from 10 to one and, I mean, there was multiple times dudes are puking in my front yard, <laughs> you know, because my my warm ups are brutal. You know, sure. it's like kettlebells, deadlifts, you know, farmer walks, like oh, all yeah. this crazy before you even start doing technique. 
Nice. And pad awesome. work, you know, and then you cl- and then you close with you know like thirty minutes of like floor work, you know, and all that, all that good fun stuff that everybody loves to do so much. <laughs> you know, I got a chance to tr- to train with uh, Jamie Getz last year out at, at oh nice at, at Vancouver and um at his his spot, and that was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, I remember listening to that episode, and I was like, "Fuck, I want to go there so bad." Yeah, man, it's it was just. First of all, I love Jamie. He's like old, old friend, great guy. Everyone used to think we hated each other for some reason, which is like ridiculous. I don't know. People make up their own stories, you know. And um, yeah, it just was awesome talking to him. And then getting the train out there was like just a lot of fun because you know we were on tour and. Um, you know, you're just in the van the whole time and playing, not sleeping, driving, you know, overnights and stuff. And then I just knew that I had to, like, just sweat and, like, hit some pads. And, you know, I was a little out of shape because it was, like, two weeks just, you know, not eating right and not sleeping. But, yeah, gets, uh, he he put me through the paces, man. He's, he's actually a good trainer. Nice. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, I remember listening. I was listening to that. I listened to that episode, then the Versoma record. <laughs> and then like the tombs record and then like gods and queens i like went through the whole thing i was working in a mega church <laughs> so it was like you know i just went down the wormhole of you know the episode and then music from you music from him music from the two of you together yeah that was fun man it was a good time you know it's just both of us were going through some you know our our main bands had just broken up. So we're trying out some new things and you know, it was just, I don't know. That band was fun. It could have been, it, it was exactly what it should have been. Just like this intermittent, intermittent sort of thing, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I it's talk- always good, you know, like it's, it's always good to, to do musical experiments, you know? Yeah. But what I really want to talk about is this whole triage thing, man. I saw how, um, just how intense you were about this whole, live show and the, the training you went through and and uh you know you're you got oh, a lot of projects going on man you know the black ops stuff and um well black ops unfortunately right now is on hold um kurt our drummer um his dad has stage three cancer oh man i'm sorry to hear that so um he spends like a month or two here in here in texas and then goes back to Rochester for a couple of months. He's a, he's a family guy, like spends vacations with his parents. Like he's that guy, you know, right. like I don't have that. I never had that relationship or that kind of like family interaction, you know? So, um, we just kind of put the band on hold when he's here, we practice and write, you know, and then he goes and does his, his family stuff. You know I mean? That, that takes priority over any, any song, any record, any show, you know, none of that shit, none of that shit is important, you know, like take care of your family and spending time with your dad. And, and especially in such a, you know, dark situation, but, you know, that's, that takes precedence over anything that the band could ever do. You know what I mean? Definitely, man. And, you know, we're all hitting these ages where you, you, your priorities start to shift a little bit when and you start to realize, you know, not not everyone's going to be be around forever. You know, and that life is like this very feels so like finite when you hit a certain age, you know. Yeah, I mean, 
you and I, you know, I'm 52, and I think you're what 53. You're you're a little bit older than me, I think. 55, dude. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm older. You may be you. the you may be the prettiest 55 year old <laughs> I've ever seen. Cold blue steel in here. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, you know, you get to a certain age, and you, you I mean, it sounds cliche, but. You know, you realize that your days are numbered, you know, that everyone, everything that you've ever cared about and every person you've ever, you know, we're all going to be gone one day, you know, and like my parents are both gone. You know, my, you know, my mother died when I was 17 and my dad died on Christmas day two years ago, you know, so it's, if you have family and you start, you know, they get, they get older, you know, I mean. It comes a time that you're going to have to, you know, it's it's the burden of the child to bury the parent. And it's a burden. You know, it's it's there's nothing about it that's good. Yeah, I mean, a few years ago, a very, very tragic situation happened where it was the opposite with someone really close to me passed. And it was the burden of the parent to bury the child. And that was like one of the hardest experiences I ever had to deal with, man. And uh you know, uh, yeah, I mean, few, that was like kind of the beginning of like this very, very dire period where a lot of my other family members started passing and you start thinking about things in a different way. Yeah, I mean, when my mother died, she had a very bad car accident and she was in the hospital and we had to make a decision to turn life support off. So when we went to the hospital, you know, it was like, me and my dad and my my mom's dad, you know, my grandfather, and um, and my mom's boyfriend because my parents were divorced. But you know, we just had to make that decision. And then when we went back to, because my my grandmother didn't, she never went to the hospital. And when we went back and you know told her that we had to turn the machines off and that she didn't make it, like the the sound that came out of my grandmother out. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Though just the mournful wailing of loss, you know, it's like, oh, it, it's making me fucking feel weird right now. Even talking about it, yeah, yeah, dude, it's heavy shit, man. It's, it's you fucking, know. He- you know. And I'm like 17 years. My the first adult decision I ever made was was this. Damn, you know. And then it was like. A year later, I was in the fucking, you know, I was in boot camp. And then a fucking year after that, I was in Desert Storm. <laughs> you know, it's like, fuck. It was, a, it was a pretty hard stretch right there for a couple of years on a, on a young kid with, you know, a mountain of problems and depression and separation anxiety and all kinds of good stuff, you know. But, dude, since the... The day I met you till now, like I mean, that this is this is like a friend, some friendship, like shit. It's like both of us have like just transformed into different people, man. You know what I mean? I I, I got you know, with all due respect, I'm specifically talking about you. <laughs> like when I first met you, man, to how you are now, it's like, and and as you know, a lot of people in that situation like don't have aren't fortunate enough to like you know pull out of whatever tailspin they're in you know or or get it together when they get back from being deployed and all that sort of stuff 
Oh, I mean, it took me, it took me decades to get my shit together. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was living, living to die, you know, like I didn't give a fuck. I didn't give a shit if I, if I lived or died, you know, it's like I was drinking all the time. I was fighting in the street all the time. And then when I started playing in bands, you know, the shows were just crazy. I just went crazy. You know, it was like just an outlet and an, I'm an, I'm a negative person. I live in a negative space. Even when times are good, I'll find a reason, to, you know, my brain will find a way to make it not good. And when, you know, when you're drinking and, you know, fucking partying all the time, you know, nothing good comes out of that. I mean, when, when, when I met you in what, 2003, maybe something or something like that. Yeah. I was a fucking maniac. I mean, I was crazy. You know, I mean, when kill the client played, you know, I, would roll in broken glass, whip myself until my back bled with the mic cord. You know, I'd fight people in the crowd while we played. You know, I mean, it was a fucking tornado, you know, but none of it was a good time. I mean, it all came out of bad times. You know, my brain going fucking downhill every day. But when you find, when you finally get to that point when you're just like, all right, this has to stop. I got to make a change and then you make that change and you stick to it. I mean, good things happen, you know, good things happen when you get the negative out of your life and the negative people out of your life. That's probably the most important thing, you know, getting the negative people out of your life. Absolutely, man. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes it's hard to like separate people out, especially if they're, you know, someone that, you thought you were close to or like, you know, they were part of like a certain period for you. But then you look back and you realize that, okay, that was like the, that was one of the linchpins of me changing as a person, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and sometimes you don't even realize who those bad people are and, you know, until like shit gets really bad. And then you're just like, I don't have a choice. Like you, you left me no choice, but I have you. I got to move you outside the circle, <laughs> you know, because my circle is very small. There's, yeah. you know, I know a shit ton of people, but I, I, you know, I only have a handful of people that I consider my friends. Yeah, actually, you know, uh, I, I, you know <laughs> I'm not much of a people person either, man. I, I have like a lot of acquaintances, but there's really just like a, a very small circle, and then the last like seven to eight months of my life, I've started realizing that, you know, some who, who the actual real people were to keep in my life and who were the ones to discard and keep on the outside of the perimeter, you know, and it's, and life has been way better since then. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you, when you finally switch your brain, you know, you switch your brain and you start thinking in that way, things get so much better. And it, you know, it happens quick. And I can, I can, I can, like I've, you know, like I text you before, I, I can tell when the time came when you became a different Mike Hill. I, I could hear it in your voice on the podcast and the, in the way that you talk, your tone and like some of the things that you would say. And then, you know, some of the stuff I would see with you like on Instagram, I was like, I like this, Mike Hill. This is, this is, this is, this is happy Hill. Little little glint in his eye, a little smirk. <laughs> it's been a that it it was a real uh, journey though to get. Oh, there. dude! I you mean, know what I mean, not we, easy. We've known it. We've known each other twenty years. Yeah, you know, 
And, uh, you know, a lot of that time for both of us, you know, was just like fucking hard times. You know, it's 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 a cold, hard motherfucker outside. You know what I mean? And, yeah. But throughout throughout a lot of that stuff, a lot of that, that you know, the shift had to do with um, understanding who's that bad voice chirping at you and the negative uh, elements of people that don't really matter. And, uh, you know, separating that out so that you can actually only have good things in your life, you know, and that, that's really what making things simple and keeping only the good stuff and letting everything else go away, you know, and, and, and that process sometimes is hard, you know, but it's, um, after a while you realize you're in a totally different spot and you're, you look back and you're like, man, how did, you know, this whole year has been just a very strange year for me. And, uh, you know, it, for the better and things looking at, you know, we're coming into the end of the year now and I'm thinking about January 1st of, uh, you know, of 2023 and then December, you know, January 1st of 2024, completely different mental space for me. Like, I gotta be honest with you, man. Like I was like, January of last of this earlier this year, I was like wondering if it was even worth going on living anymore, man. You know, it was just this dark pit that I was in and little by little, like things started changing, but there, it all comes from like intention, you know? And I remember one morning I was driving to work and it was like this, um, on the Jersey turnpike, there was this truck that was on fire, man. It was like five thirty in the morning and there was a tractor trailer and it was like burning and it, it whatever accident had just happened because there was no cops or anything and the traffic hadn't started picking up and like I just got away in the other lane and passed it and I went to work and I was like thinking about how not so much like what it'd be like to die in like an inferno like that but what the people in that person's life would be experiencing later that morning like when they got the news that whoever was in that vehicle was like dead you know and that's kind of what turned me around man you think about like the selfishness of like annihilating yourself and you're just like for me it's over but then like the people around me like my parents you know and everyone else and that really was like the kind of the beginning of like mentally distancing myself from thoughts like that you know yeah it's the it's it's the collateral damage of what you do to yourself yeah you know what i mean and and there's been a lot of people that have you know especially down here in texas unfortunately um the scene here has had some big losses you know riley gale from yeah. power trip you know wade allison from iron age and eternal champion oh wow um you know it's like and those guys oh uh, you know just and the sad part is is and this is probably the rings true for most people that kind of stay on that darker side and have those thoughts it's like they don't they don't want to burden someone just by talking to them like oh i don't want to burden them with my problems or you know they think it's an issue and it shouldn't be you know it's like if you have a if you have someone to talk to you you don't even have to talk about your shit you know just have a good solid conversation is step one yeah and it it helps so much i mean there's been there's been some seriously dark times in my life 
in the last few years that have been brought on by my own mental problems, you know, and I've talked to my guitar player, Mark. I mean, I love that dude. He's, he's saved my life literally. And he doesn't even know it just by calling him and having a conversation and ending up laughing about stuff. Cause he's a funny dude, right? You know, he's super, he's, he's the literally the polar opposite of me. <laughs> You're funny, man. Come on. He, well, he, you know, I'm, I'm wound, I'm, I'm wound pretty tight. You know what I mean? And, but he's super, he's super laid back. You know, he's like, doesn't get, but you know, doesn't get mad. He's like super chill stoner guy, you know, and, and he fucking, he giggle talks and then, you know, like he can't even tell a story without giggling. He's like a child and it's, 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 and I love it. You know, he'll, and he has some crazy, he grew up in Lubbock, Texas, and there's, you know, he just has wild, crazy, funny stories. And, you know, that shit has pulled me out of the darkness more times than I can even fucking count. I've been to Lubbock, Texas once actually twice, twice I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. If you were there, he probably booked your show and you probably played with his band. He was in the, he had a band called the dead sea in Lubbock for a long time. And, uh, he was like literally the king of Lubbock. He booked shows there, played shows there, knew everybody. You know, that's the Dead Sea was fucking awesome. They were a fucking great band. We They're actually did, doing it. Probably did play with them, actually. Probably. I mean, they were like very like neurosis ish. You know, kind of a mix of today is the day and in neurosis. Well, that's exactly the kind of stuff I like, actually. So, yeah, that's, that's, there you go. <laughs> and it kind of covers a lot of bases of goodness right there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy year. The thing that's helped me a lot this year is I, I, I've, through the VA, I, 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 I actually found a very good therapist. That's always good, man. And uh, I had always avoided that. You know, I'm like always trying to just tough it out on my own. No. You know, that that old ego driven fucking, you know, don't be a wuss, you, you know, whatever. And then you ended up just like burning yourself to the ground every day. But sure. then when I finally found a good therapist, that's really helped me a bunch. Yeah, that's uh, that's important, man. Like I went through that like earlier in the year during the that period. And I don't, I don't know if I didn't have a therapist, what would have happened to me? But um you know, and, you know, just you need someone to talk to sometimes that's objective, you know, that's not, you know what I mean? That is like just like this kind of blank slate sometimes to bounce things. Who's not going to judge you for things that you say or anything like that, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the benefits of it, I think. Yeah, I mean, I look back on it now. It's like, why the fuck did I avoid this for so <laughs> for so long? I mean, it's painful too to really be to go into that with with honesty. It's really, really fucking hard, man. It kind of fucks you up for like hours afterward. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty guarded like the first two or three sessions that we had, and then you know, it's just like I don't know. It's just the way that she talks to me and asks me questions. You know, she doesn't like. Uh, she just kind of like put spread crumbs on the trail and then, you know, whatever I let go of, you know, she'll, she'll go with, you know, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, no, it she, does. It does. You know, she, she's not just like, well, tell me about this. You know, I mean, it's like more like a conversation and less like getting questioned by the cops. <laughs> <laughs> I hope yeah. yeah. Getting questioned by the cops again? Shit. Uh, but um, no, the whole thing was like, we kind of got off on a tangent, but like with this triage thing, it kind of, it's kind of the, in that same circle because triage is me and Brian and Chris that were three fourths of kill the client, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I love playing with those dudes. We have like a, you know, we have like a, a magic together, you know, and it, it always feels good being in the room with them, writing, being on stage, playing. It's like, we're all, super relaxed we understand and we just you know once we get together it just clicks you know and with that for we played the first triage show a week ago and i went into that show because i mean i we hadn't been on the stage together you know since 2013 right you know and i went into that show like i was going into like like i was competing like i was fighting i was trained you know training all of my workouts were listening to the set list. You know, I'm doing getting up in the morning, four o'clock on my ski machine, elevation mask, you know, it's set at 18,000 feet. Listening to the set, you know, twice back to back, like nonstop, just screen, you know, doing full volume vocals with the elevation mask is one of the most difficult things you'll ever do. I can't life. even imagine that, man. <laughs> I can't even imagine doing something like that. It is, it is hard, but you know, you, you know, you've seen me play live, yeah. you know, especially like, you know, I don't, I don't stop moving, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't just stand there, you know, and that takes a lot of endurance and a lot of air and a lot of, a lot of power to make that shit happen. And I just, you know, I wanted that old, that old vibe back, you know, I didn't want to like be like oh well it's a 52 year old guy in a grind band you know and he's just stood there like fuck that shit like i'm gonna bring the fucking hammer to the nails like you know and it's you you touched on something really important actually you know because these days there's a lot of like fucking washed up motherfuckers out there trying to regain like whatever glory they had like 10 15 20 years ago and uh they don't have that same intention that you just described you know what i mean yeah you know and i i don't i'm comfortable talking shit because i don't you know i never stop doing what i do and i don't care if anyone likes me or you know <laughs> wants to talk shit about me i just don't give a fuck you know what i mean but there's like pl plenty of people out there that are just like half-assed when they show up and they're just relying on whatever bullshit notoriety they had like 15 20 years ago to uh you know bring in some kids that have never seen him play before and it's a pale reflection of what it was you know and i just i'm fucking sick of it you know and and i'm against all these like reunion bullshit tours and you know all these yeah, guys most, most of the most of the, most of this most of the reunion shit is like kind of a fucking kind of a letdown yeah you know but the the old the old school guys that that I mean, were, were my influences when I first started doing grind music. Mm 
and are still my influences now. It's like you go see them and they still tear it up. You know, like okay. I always say, like I always say that like Kevin Sharp from Brutal Truth. Like, well, yeah, but that's a guy who Kevin, never stopped though. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's 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 never stopped. Yeah. I call I call him my fucking spirit animal. I fucking love that dude. You go see any band he's in, he he never stops fucking moving. He's ten thousand percent fucking intensity. You know, and I and I I'm I'm glad that we did a bunch of shows with Brutal Truth back in the day. Cause you know, you get to you get to see that type of reaction and action in real time. You know, Kevin's a smart guy. You know, he's not some knuckle dragon fucking jack wagon. He's fucking smart. He's very articulate. He's fucking hilarious. And when he gets on stage, he lays the fucking hammer down. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've uh, interviewed Kevin before, and he's great. And yeah, but like what I said applies to him being a guy who just was has never retired. He's never stopped. He's always been doing one band or the other. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess what what you're with. I guess that makes sense because I love Kevin Sharp. Barney Greenway is the same yep, way. Barney, you know, Barney has never stopped. I love and respect that dude, and uh, he's the same way. Fucking Bob Otis from fucking Drop Dead has never stopped. Yeah. The dude's a fucking machine. Yep. You know, it's like those are the those are the dudes that I look at in grind music. Because I mean. Grind really grindcore is like a, a young fucking person's game. It is, uh, especially with the short shorts and mustaches these days too. Um, <laughs> like it's it's become unpalatable for me in that respect with the young people. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I mean for the for the most part, there's there's not a, a lot of new grindcore bands that I listen to. You know, and I I listen to the old, I listen to the fucking classics. You know. Like newer music, I've you know newer music wise, I've gotten more back into the the bands that sound more like traditional, like old school heavy metal more than anything sure. recently. You know, like I I grew up on on old school heavy metal, and then I got into fucking hardcore music, and I've gone back to those things. But like the hardcore that I like, you know, like modern hardcore is not really that good. No, but the new the newer and younger bands. And I know that you'll hate this part, <laughs> but like the they're more traditional sounding, like the old school, like straight edge, like those type bands. I dig those fucking bands, and even if they're not straight edge, or they have that sound, right? That was you know from the early '90s. Like I just love that shit because hardcore and even in and metal music as a whole has turned into some like fucking amalgamated mess of like stuff that doesn't. I don't know. They just cherry pick parts from eight different genres and they mix it together. And then it's just like, oh, well, you know, we're this, we got a blast beat and then we got some keyboard parts. And, you know, it's just like, like, holy fuck, like Iron Maiden never did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's why I've gone back to these. I wouldn't even say gone back because I've never stopped listening to like traditional style heavy metal. But, I mean, I listened to the new Spirited Drift record, yeah. Ghost at the Gallows. Like, I love that band. I know those dudes. Yeah, you know, great guy. Oh, but, I only know that one dude, but the um, the band is sick. Dude, they're great, yeah. and it's like there's something about that record. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to even articulate it, but there's something about that record 
that hits something in my brain. And I, I listened to it. I mean, when it came out, I listened to it at least three times a day for probably two, almost three weeks straight. Yeah, there's a lot of was, excellent parts on there, and those guys can play their asses off too, man. Dude, they're all amazing players. Yeah, song songwriting's great, vocals great. I mean, the guitar wise, it's incredible. Nate and Tom, the the Tom Draper, the guy that plays the leads a lot, dude. That dude is just is incredible. But it's all the stuff that I liked when I was fucking 15, but in a modern setting, you know. And I I just love it, you know. There, there's a lot of great music that that's come out, especially. I mean, the last couple of years it was in insane releases by bands. Some bands that are far under the radar. Of most people like you'll never read about some of these bands in like like Decibel or whatever. But there's so many great bands out there um, that no one, only limited people, seem to find out about. You know what I mean? But you know, so I, I don't. I'm never going to be cynical about music, but. I am I am sick of reunions and just this fucking cheap bullshit that happens when it's, oh yeah let's have a reunion some band you know and like you go see them and the guys are fat and out of shape and it's not the same and like you can tell they're just doing it to get paid or whatever or some ego trip that they might be on and I'm just over that aspect of things. Well, there's there is a reunion that happened this year that was fucking incredible and that was the botch reunion holy shit <laughs> like it's like those dudes never missed a second and they hadn't you know they hadn't played together in fucking 20 years or however long it was you know i went i went to see i went to seattle and i watched saw both of those first reunion shows and then i just saw them here in austin wow you went to seattle like, damn okay oh dude yeah i went i love that band and I only ever saw them once back in the day, and that was at Crazy Fest, like 2004 or some shit. Oh man, then, Louisville, right? Crazy Louisville, Fest. yeah, 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 yeah. That that Crazy Fest was was crazy, you know, because <laughs> that was like uh, Dillinger Escape Plan headlined it. Yep. But but Dimitri had quit, and Sean Ingram from Coalesce did vocals. It was only ever it only ever happened at that one show. And it was re fucking ridiculous. That's what she was fun back then, man. You know what I mean? It was like uh, a lot of cool early, stuff happened back then, man. Early two thousands, early two thousands, the best, the best music, the fucking best music came out then. Yeah, the nineties, you know? the nineties into the early two thousands. Yeah, I yeah, I, I would, yeah, I would say like from like ninety three to two thousand three was off the fucking off the charts, off the fucking charts just sick you know I, I mean at that at that crazy fest at that crazy fest alone i saw dillinger with sean ingram of course that was converge and jane doe had just come out um burnt by the burnt by the oh, fucking yeah. sun Hell one yeah. of the greatest bands ever on relapse yep. one of the most underrated bands in the history of fucking relapse oh yeah i saw them they fucking ruled you know, botch. Um, who else did I fucking? I can't even remember. There were so many. I mean, uh, fucking uh, Converge, Bane. I mean, I, I know you don't like hardcore bands, but Bane played. <laughs> Dude, it poured. It, it poured rain. I mean, it was raining in sheets. 
the show like shut down. Everybody like ran to the merch tents because it's an outdoor show. Yeah. Oh, I know. I've been there. Yeah. I you know, so it's like everybody went and hid, and then the rain made it let up just a little bit. And fucking Bane came out on stage, and they were just like, "This is our only opportunity to do this. We're gonna play in the fucking rain, you know. Don't let us down. We're gonna get wet, get wet, go crazy." And like they started playing and like laid down one of the best Bane sets I've ever seen, and I've seen Bane like six fucking times. Everybody just cleared out of the tents. You know, it was like a Woodstock moment, pouring rain, mud, insanity, you know, people going fucking bananas. It was, you know, you don't, that shit doesn't happen anymore. No, you know? not in the States, man. You know, it's like, it, it, it's really sad, I think, that that somehow got lost, you know, and, and um, I mean, Europe festivals like that, all summer long, there's great stuff that happens in Europe, man, that are just fun and cool and, you know, people just enjoy themselves, yeah. you know. What yeah, I mean, it's it's so much better in Europe. And people, because people appreciate you as a band and a situation like a fest. Like in America, like all these, like, you know, no one gives a shit anymore. Everybody's so fucking cynical. You know, it's like, eh, well, you know, this and that. And there's always like something to fucking complain about or, you know, whatever. You know, we're so, I don't know. There, there's, there's things here that just make me fucking crazy. There, there are people that I hate. But I will never be cynical about new music, man. Because I, I gotta be. I just keep finding bands that are just incredible, and it makes oh, me yeah, feel man. like I'm 17 again, and it's great, you know. That that was like the thing. Like when I went up to Seattle to see those bot shows, there was this band up there I had never even fucking heard of them. They were called Haunted Horses, huh. and they were fucking holy shit. Like there's they're three piece, like no guitar. It's just a singer that does a little bit of synth stuff, a bass player, and a drummer. And holy shit, dude, they fucking blew me away. They blew me the fuck away. They were so fucking good. It's like, how do I even explain it? It's like early, it's kind of gothy, I guess, but it's like, it's like early swans, but smarter and spookier. That's cool. I mean, that sounds like something I would totally dig, really, if it's like early swans and like spooky. I mean, you know, I like shit like that. It's it's really rhythm driven, and there's a lot of noise in it and a lot of fucking like feedback and crazy shit. You know, and the vocals are kind of like that, like 80s era goth kind of, you know, like almost spoken with vibrato in it kind of weird i don't know birthday party ish you know let me write the name down what's the name of this band again haunted horses let me write it down it sounds really cool they actually they actually have a new album coming out pretty soon haunted but like horses. yeah dude they t to me like the of all the other bands that opened up like they just smoked them all smoked them all they were on they that pot show? Yeah, they were the opener opener. Damn. Like they played at like seven o'clock. And I was like, how the fuck is this band first? Like, this is fucking Well. Whoever whoever booked this is fucking crazy. Yeah, but you know how it is. Usually the great band no one likes the great bands until they're broken up or something like that. You know what I mean? It's usually the band that like 
no one yeah. knows about is the the sickest band ever and the the band that's shot is the one that everyone's stoked on because there's like a handsome dude fronting the band or something stupid like that you know yeah because the, the band that played after them was like some like shitty indie rock band that was like a i don't even, i don't even know it was it was indie rock and it was terrible yeah. i hated it but like the two the two the, i don't the two things that i pulled two bands that i pulled out of this year that I that I think literally everyone should know about, you know, and not haunted horses is is one and Lotus Thrones oh, yeah. is, is is two. Like, dude, I heard I, and actually I read about Lotus Thrones in, in, in Decibel, and I was just like, and it had some weird thing. It was like something about black metal, and I was like, oh fuck, you know, why am I? But of course, it's decibel, so it's you know it's the the perfect the perfect like shitter length article. You know, you're taking a dump. It's a fucking half page article you can fucking read. You know. Yeah, well, you and, know, uh, you, you turned me on to them, and I'm a huge fan. That that's probably the new Lotus that Lotus Stones record that came out this year is on my that's on my uh, list of top records for sure, man. Oh, it's it's in my top ten. It's yeah. it's in my top ten. Um. But you know, I, I found out about that just reading some, an article in, in Decibel, and then I listened to it, and I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is fucking ridiculous! How good it is!" You know, and I turned a bunch of people onto that band. There's been some. There's a, surprisingly, I think that there's this year has been a really good year for music. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, just even from some of the classic bands too. But there's been a lot of stuff from like more obscure bands that came out this year that's been great and and i had heath from lotus thrones on a few months ago oh i listen i I listened to it and uh you know when you said that i turned you onto it and he was like oh i love kill the client i was like holy shit like what the fuck yeah dude totally yeah apparently i I know him i've not met him in austin when he was in wolfhammer like years and years ago because he's like it's it's like the it's such a small world in a lot of ways, you know. Uh, oh, I, I I messaged him after the episode, and uh, we were like messaging each other back and forth, and I was desperately trying not to like fanboy out, and I'm like, "You're fucking bad, so good," <laughs> yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, there's been some really good shit this year, man. Like the new Conate record is fucking incredible. Yeah, dude. New. Uh, New Oxbow is the yep. best that they've they've done since oh, yeah. fucking Thin Black Duke. Um, Planet on a Chain. I don't know if you've ever heard of that band or not. No, Planet on a Chain. Yeah, I'll write that down. It's it's like the the singer that was in Tear It Up. It's like super fast, like pissed off, like fast core punk rock. Okay. Um. New Sunrot, that band's fucking sick as yeah, fuck. Yeah, those guys are cool. Um, I gotta think now. My brain's all going fucking five hundred different directions. Um, well, there's a bunch of stuff that I have. Frozen Soul, like that. They're from Dallas. I've known those dudes forever. That that album just fucking crushes. The new Nightmare. Have you ever heard of Nightmare? Oh man, dude, Nightmare are the shit, dude. They're they fucking rule, dude. They're, dude, so, they're good. so good. They have all that like crazy dissonant guitar shit. Uh, that band's fucking sick. Uh, new Ringworm, of course. Oh, that yeah. that band never. New Cannibal Corpse oh, is yeah. fucking 
heavy as balls. Yep. Body Void. You ever listen to Body? You listen to new Body Void? No. I oh, didn't know they had a new record out. Woo, son. That's like in my top five right there. All right. That's great. New Great, uh, new, the New Great Falls is awesome. Oh, yeah. Those guys are sick. Definitely. Uh, Primitive Knot. Have you ever heard of Primitive Knot? I'm not familiar with them either. Yeah, they do like a lot of weird, ambient, dark noise, but then like some really heavy, fucking crushing shit. Um, new there's a band called Stomach, which is the John, the dude that used to sing in Weekend Nachos. Oh, okay. Like his his new band's called Stomach. Hmm. And if you want to lift heavy weights and you want to like pick up a car and like throw it <laughs> off a bridge, that's your, that's your jammy jam right there. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that kind of stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy. But uh, and there's also I just I just heard of this band. How I did I've never heard of this band. I don't know. But Nate from Nate from Spirit of Drift sent it to me. He was like, "Motherfucker, if you're not listening to this, you're fucked up." It's this band called Sorcerer. Have you ever heard of Sorcerer? I want to say I have. If it's the band that I'm thinking of, that's like kind of like a like a new wave of british heavy metal style band yes yes okay, yeah yeah that's like a that's um my my bass player uh that that's a, a band that i think he turned me on to because he's into a lot of stuff like that he has good taste because that band's yeah. fucking awesome and how i've never heard of them apparently they've been around for a long time and i've, and I've never fucking heard of them but that new album's called reign of the reaper is really fucking badass that's a great title, Reign of the Reaper. Yeah. I mean it's and it's I mean if you like Maiden and Ingve and like all that, you know, all that stuff, guitar solos are just ripping, like big fucking badass vocals, you know, clean vocals, it's fucking really good. It's really, really good. But uh yeah, there's some good some pretty good shit, some new bands coming out of Texas that are good too. Fugitive, um, Fugitive is like a uh, Blake that used to be used to play guitar in Power Trip. It's yeah. his new band. It's like kind of like a down tuned Power Trip, um, a little darker, and the the singer sounds like uh, John Tardy from fucking Obituary. Oh, he, that, that's great, <laughs> <laughs> dude! It's so it's so good. Big fucking thrash riffs, big breakdowns. It's it's fucking awesome. I just saw them. At um, uh, Wrecking Ball, the big the fest that the guys in Frozen Soul put on in Dallas, and uh, they played, and it's, uh, they just kill it. They just fucking kill it. So with uh, with with triage, what what's the next move now after you guys played? Um, well, Chris just had a he just had a baby, uh, like two weeks before the show. So, um, you know, right now we're just writing because in the set, in the set, we played three new songs that weren't on the first triage record. So there's already three songs in, you know, that are ready. I think there's another two that, um, Chris has, but we haven't gotten because, you know, Brian did those grid link shows and yes. all that. So we, we haven't seen each other, but I know that they're, they're going to be practicing in Dallas. I want to say next week because Chris has new stuff. Um, 
So it's really just booking some more shows. I don't know if we're going to do anything in December because, you know, Chris is a new dad. Um, but I know that January is going to like really kick into the writing process and then trying to book more live shows. So there's definitely more things to fucking come. Awesome. Yeah. It's like, again, you know, good things happen when you cut the negative people out of your life and triage is that good thing. The negative person that was, cause you know, we had a band before. Oh yeah. And they went down the shitter because of, of a, you know, of a certain person. And you cut that negative out, positive things are happening. You know what I'm saying? It's as simple as that sometimes, man. You know, yeah. We're both learning that. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I love being in a band with Brian and Chris. You know, any, it's, it's like uh, I put this, uh, this, this line and we, we printed it on the shirts and it's stress free grind. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And that's what it really is. You know, it's like, we we get in the room, you know, and half the t if you know if we're not playing, and you know playing songs or writing, we're laughing. You know, we're talking shit. We're fucking laughing. You know? Yeah, being in a band should be easy, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like we're uh, Metallica where we're supporting like a whole industry. You know, it's oh. <laughs> it should be like you know, like it's not like our four hundred one k is like connected to the band. You know, it should it should be easy, man. If it's like stressful, then it's not worth doing. I, I will say I I did see Metallica in August and it it was good. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I had it was. I had extremely low expectations because it's been Metallica for many years now. Yeah, but I wasn't even gonna go. But then it was like the 40th, I think 40th, 30th or 40th anniversary of Kill 'Em All, and I got all nostalgic and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna get a ticket and I'm gonna go." <laughs> yeah. And I went, my friend Steve, um, he is literally like the most diehard Metallica person. Even He even likes the bad records, you know? <laughs> I know people that, like that, man, for sure. It it was like his band in high school, and it's never stopped being his band. And I was like, if I'm going to go fucking deal with this nonsense, and they and they played it at uh, Cowboy Stadium, right, which is like 85,000 people. Damn. I'm like, if I'm going to go deal with all this mess, I'm going to go with this dude because he's going to be having the fucking time of his life. <laughs> you know, and I just wanted to see that. And it was a good time. I mean, they were, they were fucking good. Of course it's, you know, they didn't really play very many new songs, which good. was awesome. Yeah. And they played and they played fucking leper Messiah, my favorite Metallica song ever. And, um, you know, it's the new style James Hatfield vocals, which are, you know, something to be, <laughs> Not good in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, it was good. They sounded good. I mean, it was crazy, you know, 85 fucking thousand people in that fucking place. But that blows my mind, man. And, I, you know, I, I kind of I mean, I kind of wish I'd gone, man. I mean, I've saw I saw Metallica like in the 80s and stuff, too. You know what I mean? So I skipped them all these years. And I think I should go back and check them out again. Yeah, I mean, I was that way. The last time that I saw Metallica was at Lollapalooza, like, 96 or something. Yeah. And then I just refused to go see them until now, you know, until until August of this year. But I went, and I'm glad I went, you know. It was like, I don't know, it was just something that I felt like I needed to do. And I wasn't disappointed, you know. 
and their their new record is is probably the best one they've put out in a long time. It's still not. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't run out and buy it, but I listened to it, yeah. and I was like, yeah, you know, like that, yeah, it's all right. It's pretty good. Better than anything they've done in a while. They just need to go back to being fucking heavy. And a lot of that comes down to the vocal. If the vocal was heavier, I think it would be a lot better. Yeah, I just think those, you know, those days are behind him though. It's just yeah, he just doesn't want to sure. do it anymore. It's just he's into a different thing now, you know. And I think one thing that they do too that's annoying is that they they make songs too long for no reason. You know, they repeat parts and they add parts. It's just like this song could really be good if it was three and a half, four minutes long. And it's why is the song seven minutes? It doesn't need to be seven minutes. Well, I mean, uh, Injustice for All is filled with songs that are like, that's my favorite Metallica album. So, yeah. I mean, that record, yeah. And I, I saw them on the end of that tour in yeah. Germany. So, I mean, actually, I would not to bring this back to a dark fucking thing, but the day my mother had her car accident, oh, I was going to see Metallica in Amarillo. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was on my way. I was getting ready to leave to go see Metallica in Queensryche at Amarillo Civic Center. And then I ended up driving back to Oklahoma, you know, and yeah. the rest of it. But at the the positive part about that is when I got stationed in Germany, because uh, they, they toured on that record for two and a half years. Right. Right. So when I get to Germany, I'm stationed in Germany, and one of the, I don't know, it was like the third show, fourth show I had been to in Germany, was one of the last shows of that tour. So I got to actually see them, finally, you know, because I, I had never seen them, you know, I was like a fucking, nothing came to the fucking panhandle of Texas, yeah. you know. And then, of course, this, you know, shit happened in my life. But then seeing them, there was the last six days of that tour were all in Europe. And the show that I saw was, uh, what was it, in Hanover, I think, Hanover, Germany. And then two days later, they were in Russia. When you see that giant, you know, when they played to like a million people right, or whatever. Right, yeah, the videos, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. But when I saw them... It was Metallica, co-headlined by the greatest of all time, Ronnie James Dio. Oh, man. I would love to have seen that. Lock Up the Wolves tour. So I got to see Metallica, Justice, Ronnie James Dio, Lock Up the Wolves, um, Bonham. Do you remember the band Bonham? Yeah, yeah. Jason? Actually, it's funny you mention them. Um, the same, one, the year, the Injustice for All tour that I saw had the cult open for, open for Metallica. Nice. And then several months later, the Colt came back on as a headliner, and uh, Bonham opened along with Dangerous Toys. I don't know if you remember that band. Hell yeah, they're from Austin, Texas. Oh, they are. I didn't know that. But yeah, yeah that was the bill. Do you do you want to know a, 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 another uh, crazy? Uh, there's two things about Dangerous Toys. <laughs> One, you will probably find hilarious. Um, <laughs> J Jason McMaster's the singer was also the singer in Watchtower. Really? Yeah. From Dangerous he, Toys? Yeah. 
Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, that dude can sing his fucking ass off. He's incredible. The other thing is I want to say that the country, I don't know, because you probably don't listen to very much country, the the singer, country singer Kevin Fowler, I think is his name, Kevin Fowler, um, has a bunch of like beer drinking songs and fun songs. And he's pretty popular. He's made a whole, you know, he's pretty big time guy. He was actually the guitar player in Dangerous Toys. <laughs> wow. So there's like a lot to these guys then. That's oh yeah meets the eye. Yeah. I mean, Dangerous Toys, in my opinion, had, their first record was good and, you know, it kind of it kind of went downhill. But, you know, yeah, fucking McMaster's got fucking pipes. He's in a he has a Judas Priest tribute band called Sad Wings. That's fucking like he hits all those Halford notes, dude. Holy shit. That's awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, in the, sort of in the same vein as that is. Do uh, you remember the band Junkyard? Yeah, Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw them with. Oh, actually, I saw them as a headliner with special guest. The um, oh, what the fuck's that band? The uh, the crow. Uh, oh man, the crows. Uh, <laughs> black black, black crows. crows. Yeah. I love them. I Black love Crows, Crows opened for Junkyard at the Channel in Boston. Wow. Yeah. I, I I love the Black Crows. I listen to the Black Crows at least two or three times a month. I love that band. It was what was their first album that like Shake Your Money Maker? I think Shake Your Shake Your Money Maker. Yeah, yeah. That's that cool. was the record. I, I bought that album after I saw them live because they were so sick. Yeah, they're great. I saw them uh, in the, another time that I saw because I saw Metallica twice in Germany. So, uh, the first time I saw them was, uh, in 90 at the end of the justice tour. And then I saw them again at, uh, I want to say it was called, was it called super rock maybe, but it was a, a giant outdoor show. I went a wall for fucking two days to go <laughs> see the show. Um, the headliner was ACDC who I'm not a fan of, but they were great live. Um, and then Metallica. Right uh, when the Black Album was getting ready to come out. So it was Metallica. It was ACDC Metallica. Queensryche on Empire. Empire had just come out. Motley Crue. The last um, the last tour with Vince Neil and Dr. Feelgood. And the opener was the fucking Black Crows. Wow. That's <laughs> they played insane. it like They played it like 4.30 in the afternoon. They were shithouse, shithouse drunk. And uh, just tore it up, dude. They were they were so good. And I don't like you know you're in a in an abandoned airfield with like I don't know a hundred and fifty thousand screaming Germans, you know. And they were just like they didn't even understand what the Black Crows were doing. And I was like just loving it, you know. As I grew up on blues music, like some of my favorite music is is blues. And I fucking love the Black Crows. And they were fucking incredible. But they were, I've never seen a band that drunk play that good in my life. Damn. <laughs> I got to go on the record, though, and say that I love ACDC, man. They're like one of my favorite bands of all time. I, I like them. I, I, I don't dislike them, you know what I'm saying? But I, I've I've never been like a full-on like ACDC fan. I'm more in the bon, into the Bon Scott stuff. But I like, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Back in Black. I mean that those are songs they wrote with Bond, but uh, you know yeah, Brian yeah. Johnson's good, you know. But I, I, I for me, ACDC is Bond Scott, you know. 
but yeah, and I agree with that. The Bond stuff, Bond Scott stuff, so is way better. It's just, to me, it's just like I've heard those songs too many fucking sure. times, and I just I was never really like overly into it in the first place. Is, is it, it to me? It's like they play like six songs, they just change the words every time. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, they're not you know, <laughs> it's like all their songs are already written. You know, they're yeah. written their entire career already. You know, for sure. But I I know that um. Like when you and uh, when you got what's the guy's name? Um, the writer dude. He's tall. Um, oh, Jay Bennett. Yeah, Jay Bennett. Hell yeah. Who I actually met. Who I actually met at randomly at Danzig in San Antonio. Nice. I love yeah, Jay. super nice, super nice dude. Hung out with him and and his girlfriend. She's super nice. Um, but the episodes you guys did when you like go through like all of an ACDC record and you <laughs> talked about it. You yeah. know, you guys did a. You guys did ACDC. What Van Halen? Van Halen you did. Yep. Diver. Uh, when you, uh, the uh, the um, the Van Halen one was uh, fair warning too. I think. Yeah. So it, every time you guys did the whatever album you guys did of that shit, I went and listened to it, and it and it made it better. Really. Oh, cool. You know, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Van Halen fan. I'm also a Van Hagar fan, which most people cannot you know, despise, but 5150, I'll stand by that record until the day that I fucking leave this fucking terrible earth. That record's still good. Don't give a fuck. Um, but just not being, you know, not being like, holy fuck, ACDC so awesome. But after listening to the episode and going back, it's like, fuck, you know, these, you know, but of course the, all the ones you guys talked about were Bon Scott records. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, he's just such a classic like dude, you know what I mean? And uh, he's just like a rock and roll like legend, you know. And and just if he wasn't in the band, you know, he would be like in jail or something like that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, he's just like such a badass, you know. That dude was insane. That dude was fucking rock and roll. Yeah, like if there was an embodiment of rock and roll, it was fucking Bon Scott. Like there's a whole bunch of people that think they're rock and roll. Fucking Bon Scott was rock and roll, like nonstop. There's something about just Australians too, man. You know, like to this day, there's like newer Australian bands that are just fucking hard, man. You know, I don't know. There's like a thing that goes on in Australia. Like even even going back to like the birthday party, you know, they were just like yeah. hard fucking guys, man. You know, and the new the newer bands that I'm thinking about from Australia all have the same drummer, you know, the, this guy, Dave Haley. And this dude is in like every band from Australia. And he's just like the most insane, brutal drummer ever. And he's, all these guys are just like, well, give, on, give me some, 10, give man. me, give me some band names. I mean, cause the only, the only like heavy band that I know from Australia is like extortion. Oh shit. Uh, Psychroptic. That's a band you need to check out. Um, there's a band called the, the Amenta which um, are like very, they're very artsy, but they're also hard as nails too, you know? And uh, that's kind of like, you know, I'm on that, that trip with, the, you know, these days. They're like a band I listen to all the time. Um, yeah, I'll send you a playlist, man, with a bunch of stuff on it. Yeah, hit me with that. It sounds like some, sh I, oh, I, dude, I like. How could I forget the band called Werewolves? Werewolves. Just brutal knuckle dragging death metal that's that's actually on a shirt that they have i think i've actually heard that because i was listening to the cannibal corpse at the gym yeah 
And, and you know, when Spotify Don't finishes it. a record, it'll start like playing stuff in that same like vein of, of music. And I, I think I've actually heard that band because I was like, I don't remember what I was doing, but I like had to stop and like look at my phone to be like, who the fuck is this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll, you, when, you'll know it's them when you hear it. They're, they're like in, insane. They're, and once again, that Dave Haley guy plays drums in, the, in that band, too. Yeah. If, if it's, if it's mid pace, like heavy ass death metal, then I'll, that's my shit. It gets fast, but it's not techie. You know what I mean? Oh, there we go. It's uh, not technical death metal. It's just, it's just like ignorant savagery, you know. Yeah, I, I like I like low IQ death metal. Yeah, See, that's just, all about, they're all about it. Then that's, 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 that's that. all about. It. That's a shirt. That's a shirt right there. Low yeah. IQ death metal. <laughs> and just that name, werewolves, is sick. That just that right away. That that's what got my my um my my attention. And wow, it's a great name for a band. Why didn't I think of that? You know, but it's like they're so good, man. Yeah, the band like that that had a cool name that I was drawn to was uh, Layer of the Minotaur. Oh, yeah, from back in the day. I remember them. Yep. Yeah, that band was fucking big, fucking ugly riffs. That band was dope. We played shows with them. Yeah. Those guys, super nice dudes, and that band fucking ruled. Dude, let me ask you, just to shift gears real quick. The Have you been watching the fights at all, <laughs> the UFC at all? Um, I've, I've seen some of them. I'm... Dana White makes me fucking crazy, so Dude. I've I've kind of gotten away from a lot of that. I I watch I watch one. Yes, that's what I that's watch. Like, I watch that's one. My, yeah, that's my jam. Any time that I can see tie boxing, kickboxing, a jujitsu grappling match, and MMA all in the same card, and no one, absolutely no one trash talks, no one has an attitude, everyone's humble. I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna watch that all day. Yeah, I, I've really been tuning into those, and I'm just—I ha- can't even remember the last UFC card I watched, actually. Yeah, Jess, Jesse from Ken Mode—he's the one that turned me on to one. Yeah. Yeah, Rod and they're Dang, and you know you got and their their new and their new record. Woo! Oh, that that's on my list too for the year. Actually, the new Ken Mode for sure. Yeah. I mean, those yeah, guys I'll, always crush. I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you my list when we get off the phone. Hell yeah! It's not in order yet. But I'll just send you my rough. Oh, dude, I well, got like twenty records on my top ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even know how many's on mine. Um, but there's a lot because, like I said, it's it's been a good year for music. So, yeah, a lot of it's old stuff too, man. Like for example, I mean, I don't know how you feel about Incantation, but their new their new records real good. Uh, the new Suffocation record sick. Um, you know, Dying Fetus. I know you don't like that record, but I think it's really good too. Yeah, I don't know. To me, Dying Fetus was good when. Uh, oh God, why am I why am I forgetting his name right now? The guy that was the, in, the, I know the Misery guy Index. Him. Yeah, Misery yeah. Index guy. Yep, I forgot his yeah, name when too. The, <laughs> when that dude was in the band, Dying Fetus was legit. Yeah, because that guy's great. He's smart. Writes great stuff. Writes awesome. Writes awesome lyrics. I mean, there's. Lyrically, you know, because this is the thing that most people get lost on. No one gives a shit about lyrics. You know what I mean? It, it makes me crazy because I spend a lot of time writing and trying to make that. Even in grind songs, you know, Black Ops is different. The songs are longer format. You know, I can really flesh a lot of stuff out. Yeah. But I spend a lot of time writing, you know, and it's always like, oh, your drummer's sick or oh, the fucking riffs. 
<laughs> or, oh, you, you know, your vocals, you sound like a fucking, you know, your vocals are sick. I'm like, yeah, but did you, did you read the lyrics or did you listen to it? Oh no, man! I don't even know what the fuck you're saying. Like, ah, <laughs> like holy fuck! Awesome. <laughs> yeah, but that you know that dude in Misery Index, like some of the best, smartest, you know, politically, socially driven, like well formed lyrics is from that dude. And I, I, I got to revisit some of that o- older stuff too now. Dude, Misery Index fucking ruled. One, they're incredible live. Yeah. And two, like, it makes me, I cannot believe I cannot remember this dude's name right now. Jason Netherton. There you go. There you go, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. That, one of the nicest dudes in this fucking shitty business is that guy. And he's one of the smartest dudes in this, in this, in music. I think that dude works at the auto bar in Baltimore. That's where I run into him every now and then when we're down there. Oh, really? Yeah. Not not like I've been doing much travel, much you know touring lately, but uh, that's I remember running into that guy a lot down there. Well, you need to fire up that tour machine. Do you ever make it down here to the south? We'll, no, do, I, we'll do it like the old days. We'll do triage and fucking tunes. This uh, this this twenty twenty three, like I I said earlier in this discussion, has been a very strange year, good and bad and and like necessary. Let's put it this way. And this is one of the first years in my life that I haven't played like 110 shows a year. You know what I mean? Besides, besides from the pandemic, like, yeah, you know, we I was on the road constantly for years and years and years, and this is the first time in a long time that I we played four shows this year. It's insane, you know. And yeah, uh, it's crazy because I, I used to see you almost every year. Yeah. M- multiple times. I remember one time, like one back in like twenty, I forgot what twenty eighteen order. We were on the road. We were in San Francisco, and the promoter, like I, he's like, oh, "I'll see you in a couple months, man." I'd seen that same guy like five times that year. <laughs> and then when we stayed in Oklahoma, we played in Oklahoma City um, a few times in this of all places, Oklahoma City. We stayed at the same Red Roof Inn with the um, the the uh, Denny's next door. And when I was checking out of the hotel, the lady was like, oh, uh, Mr. Hill, how did you enjoy your stay again here? You know, and it was just like, <laughs> I was like, wow, I, I definitely am I'm out here. You know what I mean? So, I've been here too much. <laughs> yeah, but it's like this year has been interesting, man, because of just staying home and trying to live like a real human being for, for a change is interesting, you know. But Yeah, but, but it's, it's, a it positive. It's, it's a positive, though, at the same time. It's, it's, it's different from what you've been doing. Yeah, and, and as much you've... value as I've gotten out of all that life, you know, it, a lot of dark darkness has come from that too, you know. And I think that I needed to have a year like this to kind of get myself in a better place and it makes operating going forward come from a place of strength as, po- as opposed to like a, you know, a, this kind of weak, you know, running away kind of place, you know. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's where you find the light, you know, is when the shit is the darkest, you know, and you gotta, you gotta find that light inside yourself. And then when you do, you're just like, okay, but um, now now we're going to get going before you and I like talk. I just checked my email and there was like a couple, couple things popping that we might be, uh, hopefully announcing pretty soon, which is kind of cool. But, uh, 
you know, you'll you'll like us, but I don't think you'll like the band we're going to be traveling with. So, <laughs> oh, is it some black metal nonsense? <laughs> yeah, you're laughing so you could just say yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, we'll, we'll hang out, and uh, you know, I, 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 it's, it, like I said, I miss that. That was how I would see everybody, you know, be on tour, you know, run into people in L.A. and California and see you and people in chicago and you know it was like that's how i stayed in touch with friends like in person you know and and the last few years has been weird you know yeah that's like one of the things um i look forward to touring again yeah you know it's like because with black ops we're just a regional band mark has three children you know three younger children and you know we'll play regionally but we're not gonna we're not gonna get outside of our 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 bubble you know totally i mean but but with triage you know we may do a, you know we want we probably won't especially since chris just had a child i mean we may do like a a week on the west coast or a week on the east coast or you know we'll sure. do something like that yeah yeah i mean that that's there's there's a lot to be said for being smart about touring too and that's like i guess the learning thing is not saying yes to everything that gets offered to us too you know it's like there's probably some tours that we've done that would have been better if we sat it out you know yeah i mean that that's one of the benefits of getting older is you realize like when you were young you're just like oh who wants to go out yeah yeah you know how am i gonna pay my rent i don't know i don't care i just want to i just want to get back in the in the van (laughs) (laughs) yeah in the in the fucking fart box van and fucking drive from town to town and you know yeah well, dude, it was great catching up, man, and uh, I'm definitely, definitely stoked. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I will look forward to seeing what your list looks like, and I'll, I'll send you my list, and I'll send you a, an Australian death metal uh, playlist too. Yeah, send me that. I, I can, I can, uh, I can already feel my my gym gains coming on. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> werewolf. There'll be multiple werewolf songs on that playlist for sure. That that's what I'm talking about. But yeah. Um, Check out that Haunted Horses for sure. Yeah, I wrote down all those bands actually, so I'm gonna I'll be, I'll probably peep some of that stuff tonight. Yeah, they they just um, released they redid their first album, which was great, but they just redid it and they like at they re-recorded it and added a bunch of synth a bunch of synth and stuff on top of it. But uh, it sounds right that, my alley, man. Dude, it's so good. It's so fucking good. And I would have never seen them if I didn't fly to Seattle to see Botch, you know. See, that's cool that they put they have like a diverse bill like that on, you know. That's kind of cool for sure. Yeah, I mean, because they, they it was that band and they had some indie rock band. I could probably do without that though. Yeah, that band was not good. But then when Botch came out, they just mowed the crowd. It was an hour and a half of just it, it just the, the best. You know they're they're all older, but they then they it was great. They sounded great, so much intensity. And then the second night, um, what was the name of that band? Um, was it Filth is Eternal? Was one of the bands? It's a cool name. I never heard of them though. Yeah, it's um, Ra that used to that played bass. He played bass in uh, in can in uh, Cattle Decapitation for a short time. Oh, okay. He was he was in that band, and then there was um, oh, what was the name of that fucking band? They were like crusty, like fast, pissed off D beat. Um, From America, 
in the United States. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, but it was the one. The singer was um, used to be in Three Inches of Blood. You remember Three Inches of Blood from Canada? Yeah, the Canadians. Yeah, so the because you had that Cam Pipes dude who had like the the big high like super high vocals. Yeah. Um, and he looked metal, long hair and gauntlets and all that stuff. And then the other dude that was like kind of normal looking, um, that kind of had like this kind of higher register, uh, kind of golem style vocals. Right. He was the singer in that band. Shit. And it was, um, the, the guy, the drummer that's in Baptist, that's also in Sumac plays guitar yeah. in this, in this oh, no band. Shit. Okay. I, I have no idea who this is though. I, I'll find out. Like, cause, uh, I went with, I went up there with, uh, Chris and Cole from the band Easy Prey and, uh, they were, they were all about that band and the, the, he'll know, Chris will know, he'll remember what the name of, cause he, he was really stoked. He's like, Oh, I get to see it's, I get to see this band. And then they were, they were fucking, they were good. But you know, if you're into D beat, that band was dope. Yeah. I, I mean, some of that stuff I like for sure, you know, definitely. But then after a while it all sounds the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can I can handle about fifteen or twenty minutes of D beat and then I gotta change it. Yeah, we Anodyne our only European tour was with like all D beat bands. So <laughs> it was like after a while it was like, man, is this the same band from the other night, you know? <laughs> yeah, God bless. Yeah. yeah I still, still jam I still jam Anodyne on the regular too. Nah. Thanks. I know. I, 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 I know. It's like Pavlov's dogs. Like, this is when Mike starts. Ah, I got to go. It's time to go. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I'll, but I'll find out who that band is, though, and I'll send it to you. Hell yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Morgan. Have a good night. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're in touch all the time, so it's no thing, you know? Yeah. All right, man. Have a good night. All right, brother. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.